All right. If you have your Bibles, turn, please turn with me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. In the next several weeks, leading up to Easter, we're going to be teaching and preaching on faith. For some of us who are new in the faith or in the process of receiving faith, learning what faith is is really important. There's other, others of us that are um, moving along in the faith and we're growing or we're at a, 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 maybe a, a tough spot in our faith. Some of us are struggling in our faith. Let's be honest, in any large crowd, there's people that are, that are going to fit the mold of different places, different times in their faith or their walk with Jesus. And there, there are others who are just stalwarts in the faith. And they're strong and they're mature and God continues to use them. And they're, and, and they're praying their prayers and their intercession on behalf of the body of Christ and and so we, in the next six weeks, are going to be building the faith of the church. We're going to help those who are new in the faith grow in the faith and establish a foundation in Jesus. We're going to encourage those who are struggling in the faith or maybe experiencing doubt in the faith or Maybe confusion in the faith. Maybe there's folks that over the last couple of years we've been looking around and we haven't been too assured in the faith. We in the body of Christ have, have experienced our own share of ups and downs in the faith and God wants to strengthen the foundation that the body of Christ stands upon. Amen? So my prayer is that in these next several weeks, you will be encouraged in the faith so that you can encourage someone else in their faith. Amen? Whenever Scripture intends to build the faith of the believer, often there's a, a reference point or there are people in the Bible that are, are pointed to in, in order that we observe or we learn from or we model ourselves after their faith. Amen? Scripture does that time and time again, whether in the Old Testament or the New Testament. There's always a referencing of others in the faith, like the father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses would point back, right, to the fathers of the faith. The prophets would point back to People like Moses, David, Joseph, and so on. Looking at people in the faith that establish a model or a paradigm for us as believers, as the body of Christ. And we all know that many people of the faith, even in Scripture, they weren't perfect, were they? They made mistakes. Abraham made mistakes even after he trusted God. And, and, and the Bible says Abraham believed God and, and God credited unto 
Abraham as righteousness, even as God blessed Abraham, Abraham failed God and he doubted God. There were times when, when and from my perspective, he stepped out of the will of God and didn't trust in the plan of God. You remember the story where Abraham turned his wife over to neighboring kings and said, oh, she's just my sister. And those kings took his wife, uh, his wife to be their own wives. I mean, come on, Abraham. But he's the father of the faith. And, and it's, it's examples like these in Scripture that cause us to uh, have to really focus on the things that matter. We don't focus on the things and the failures of, of the people of old and the faith of, of our forefathers or our ancestors in the faith. God wants us to focus on the reasons and the ways that they remain faithful to God in spite of their failures. Overcoming their challenges, their mistakes. Like King David, who committed sin against God and against his brothers. We look back at the faith of David and the Bible says that David had a heart after God. Because David fought back in the faith and didn't stay down. He didn't stay broken. He did not stay away. He did not run away. But he allowed God to restore him in his faith. He allowed God to repair the broken foundation that David was standing upon because God knew that he was going to use David tremendously for the faith. Amen? These things are so important for us here in the 21st century. As, as God is building our faith, is giving us faith, and helping us to grow in our faith, God is, is directing us back to the people in the Word of God whose faith was unshaken. Let's now begin by reading Hebrews chapter 11. We don't know who the author of the book of Hebrews is, but we do know that this author was writing to a people who were questioning the existence of God. The Hebrew people that the author was writing to were questioning whether or not they should remain steadfast in the faith. As a matter of fact, there was a falling away in the faith. There were those who had put their trust in Jesus, those who had, had said the sinner's prayer, those who had begun to walk with God in a relationship with Jesus and in the context of the church, but who started to fall away. There were people who should have been more mature in their faith, being able to, to, to eat spiritual food that was like meat. Instead, they were re resorting and, and falling back to just drinking spiritual milk and still having to be weaned on milk after years and years and years and years and years. And the author to the Hebrew says, hey, you should be at a different place in your walk with God. You should be at a different place in your faith. And so I believe God wants to bring us along and strengthen our faith and build our faith and, 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 and see what Hebrews chapter 11, which many people like to refer to as the hall of faith. Instead of the hall of fame, this is the hall of faith. Amen? Amen. Let's read chapter 11, verse 1. 
Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now, pay attention to verse 6. It's one of the operative verses of this passage for today. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Other versions say who diligently seek him. Amen? By faith, Noah, when warned about these things not yet seen and holy fear, fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Somebody say foundation. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who made him the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Verse 13 through 16, our final verses. All these people were still living by faith. Somebody say, by faith. When they died, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. You guys, those who are in the faith are aliens and strangers to this land. We belong to another country. We are citizens of another place, and we're just passing through this one. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them, a city of faith. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, help us in our faith. Lord, bring us to the place of trusting in you, Father God. 
Lord Jesus, where you are the, the bedrock of our faith and the foundation upon which we stand. Lord God, grow us in our faith. Encourage us in our faith, Father God. Mature us in our faith. Let the body of Christ, Father God, be a place, Lord Jesus, where your faith is alive. Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our, our minds so that we might see and feel and know the wonders of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, and the people of God said, amen, amen. Give God a hand of praise today, Mission Ebenezer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yesterday, we were headed to my daughter's softball game. She's five. It's her first year of organized sports of any kind. We skipped a couple of years of t-ball. She would have had a better foundation in the sport of softball had we be able to, been able to do that. But we weren't, and we didn't, and so here we are. And her team is called the Lollipops. Real men, real purple. And we were wearing, I was wearing purple yesterday. And we were driving in the truck, and, and uh, it was just me and Lola. And I said, Lola, you ever heard that song called Lollipop, Lollipop? She said, no. I said, you want to hear it? She said, yes, Daddy. She's sitting in the back on her little booster chair. And so sure enough, Lollipop, Lollipop, oh, Lollipop, Lollipop, Lollipop. Boom, boom, boom. How many of you know that song? And she's just smiling. She said, Daddy, play it again. Daddy, Daddy, play it again. It was so fun. For a couple of weeks, we've been, we've been doing as much practice as we could, trying to you know, teach her to hit the ball, you know. And she's a lefty like both of her brothers. She swings lefty. She throws righty. She's a prospect already. And uh, last week at the, at the little scrimmage game, the coach kept putting her on the right side. And we're like, hey, you know, she's on the other side. She's a lefty. And, and, and so, so we're, we're getting her ready. Uh, Big Brother Tiger was, was practicing with her in our front yard, you know, with little wiffle balls and all these kinds of things. It was real cute. It's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a wonderful time of life, I tell you that. And, uh, and so we were headed to the game, you guys, and we were in my truck. And, and you know, I had the heater on because it was kind of windy outside. It was a little cold yesterday. And a whole lot of five- and six-year-old girls were not really looking forward to playing a softball game where the wind and the dust and the sand and the whole top layer of the, of the, the diamond was just blowing up and just, you know, just cutting through the whole middle school. I mean, Pastor Isaac's beard turned brown from gray. I'm serious. We, we had dust and sand and every practically every orifice in our body. I had so much dust caked in my ears, my nose, my eyes. I mean, it was ridiculous. And we were singing, singing uh, lollipop, lollipop, and it was, it, was, it was just a perfect, perfect condition. And Lola all week had said, Daddy, we have to practice for the big game. She kept calling it the big game. Now, until we got to the place and we stepped out of the car and I grabbed her by the hand and, and we grabbed her bat. All of a sudden, her head started to move back and forth. Her head looked like a big, huge lollipop. And she, her teeth started to chatter. You know, you know what I'm talking about when it's that kind of cold? Like teeth chattering cold? That's how it was yesterday at Bancroft Middle School in Lakewood. And she's like, Daddy, 
<laughs> do I really have to play this game? And, and, and all memories of lollipop, lollipop went right out the door, so to speak. The wind, the cold. And then the thought of getting hit by the ball all of a sudden struck her. We walked into the gate and said, I don't want to play anymore, Daddy. I don't want to play anymore, Daddy. I said, Mija, we're going to play. You've been practicing all week for the big game. She goes, I don't want to play anymore, though. And she cried and she cried. And her coach was just like, I don't know what to do. She was the only one crying at that time. And, you know, it was like, Dad, you could either take her and sit with her. I was like, no, my five-year-old daughter, she's going to play this game. I went into the dugout and I sat with her right there and I helped her through some things and she kept crying. <laughs> and then she's like, where's mommy? Sure enough, she saw mommy. She goes, I want mommy. She's like, dad ain't going to bail me out. I want mommy. I said, Boomy, tag, you're it. Boomy came and Boomy was just looking at her with those mother eyes and she was just like, and she, you could tell Boomy was already thinking. She had thought captions that started to float above her head. That were just like, okay, I'm going to take my baby and rescue her from this misery. And she picked up Lola and she me, Boomy looked at me and she goes, she's crying. I said, leave her there. It's okay. <laughs> and she did. But Lola, Boomy picked her up and she's like holding her right there. And Lola said, but she, that girl, she's got some intuition. She, you know, she, she's, she's in tune with, with her, her emotions and her thoughts. She said, I'm cold and I'm scared. I, I, wish mo, mo, I wish more of us were honest like that, right? She said, I'm cold and I'm scared. And then guess what she asked Boomy? She said, who signed me up for this anyway? <laughs> She said, whose idea was this anyway? Oh, what a rough start to her softball career. And so I switched off again, and we told her, hey, we'll stay with you in the dugout. We'll go with you out to the field. And, and that wind was howling. What was howling? So finally it was her, her turn to go up and hit. And the coach was doing the pitching. She was crying, and her teeth were chattering, and I taught her three basic things. Ready, set, go. Try to keep it simple because hitting is hard. And sure enough, the first two pitches, strike one, strike two. And the coach came over and readjusted her and put her feet in perfect alignment where she needed to be in the left-hander's batter's, left batter's box. And the coach said, you ready, Lola? And sure enough, you know, I, was, I didn't care. It was going to be strike three and then put the T on, right? And there you go. The coach pitched it. And boom, uh, Lola said, ready, set, boom, and hit the ball. And she took off running down the line, and she did not run to third base the way Elisha and Judah did their first time in T-ball. Lola went straight to first base, only she was not going to let anybody mess with her because she carried the bat all the way down the line when she was running, and she beat out the throw. Lola's first at-bat was a hit.
You know, sometimes in the faith, we have to just be reminded that you have to stick through it and through thick and thin, even when we're tempted to bail out. A five-year-old little girl says, whose idea was this anyway? Whose idea was this faith thing anyway? Whose, whose idea was, was, who's Jesus? What is church? What is, who's God? I'd rather just live however I want to live. Live and let live. And just keep doing what comes easy and natural to me. Go back to what's comfortable. Go back to what I know. Even if it's not good for me, at least it's what I know. The author to the Hebrews says, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen or not yet seen. It's the, faith is the substance. Somebody say substance. Substance comes from the Greek word hypostasis. And hypo means upon and stasis means to stand. So faith is the substance. Faith is the, the thing that we stand firmly upon. But how can we stand firmly upon something that we've not yet seen? And we've not yet held and we've not yet possessed. Yeah, faith is very unique because faith is the, faith is the kind of thing that we're, we're meant to, to do because faith, by virtue of its own definition, is something that we have, although we've not yet experienced or seen or possessed. To believe means that we trust. I'm reminded of a story my father would tell for many, many years when Koba found himself on the top of our garage roof when he was a kid. We don't know, we, to this day, we don't know how he got up there. And my dad, he wasn't really good at, you know, climbing roofs. And so he was there, and, and, and Koba was yelling out, help me, help me, help me. And my dad was simply saying, trust me, trust me, trust me, just jump. And Koba, at the edge of the roof, came let himself down and just jump to my father. And I don't know how it happened, but my father caught him. Faith sometimes means we have to trust. You have to jump in. Sometimes you got to jump head first. You got to jump all in. You got to be all in to use a poker metaphor, although I don't play cards. I'm not a gambling man, except for when it comes to God. I'm all in. God wants to remind us of who he is. God wants to strengthen us in the faith. God wants us to, to go back to the fundamentals of the faith. God wants us to go back to the basics so that we can get strong again, so that we can establish our, our feet and our legs upon a firm foundation, and that foundation is Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Hallelujah. The author to the Hebrews says, by faith, 
we understand. In verse 4, he says, by faith, Abel offered. In verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken from God. In verse 7, by faith, Noah built an ark. In verse 8, by faith, Abraham believed and obeyed. In verse 11, by faith, Abraham trusted. You see, this, this idea of by faith or diapiston, it's, it's by faith, it's by trusting, it's by, by just completely being all in with God that, that God can bring us through whatever it is that we're, we're needing to go through. But guess what? God just can't bring you through anything just because. It has to start with you trusting in Jesus first. Because our faith begins and ends with Jesus. Faith is not an end in itself. You just got to have faith. Well, faith in what? Faith in who? The scripture is telling us faith in Jesus. Belief that Jesus is God. That Jesus really does forgive us of our sins. That Jesus really does reconcile us, the creation, to our creator. That Jesus is. Amen? So it's not just any faith. It's not just any old faith. It's faith in Jesus. That the author to the Hebrews is referring to. But it's, it's not bad to have people that we can look to. It's not bad to have reference points of people who are faithful to God. People who remain steadfast in their walk with Jesus. It's not bad to have people that we look up to in the faith. And I'm not just talking about the faith of old. By the way, that's the title of today's message. The faith of old. It's not bad to have people in this life that we can look up to and model ourselves after their faith as well as they follow after Jesus. If somebody is following after Jesus, guess what? You, ain't, you are not going to find yourself too far off from following Jesus and moving right along through life's journey and life's path if you continue to trust in him. Because you're not putting your trust in that other person, but that person is still focused on Jesus. So you're kind of like following their lead in some ways, and that's not at all bad. For somebody who's young in the faith, but somebody who's growing in the faith, somebody who's mature in the faith, guess what? Then you continue to put your eyes and focus them on Jesus himself. The author to the Hebrews simply uses these people in the faith like Noah and Enoch and Abraham and the scriptures go on. David and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses. People like Daniel. People like Rahab, Samson, Barak, Gideon, Jephthah, and all the other prophets. Too many to count and too many to tell each story. The point is that God wants to build us up in the faith, bring us back to a strong, solid foundation, a substance. Sub means below, right? Doesn't sub mean below? That's why the definition of hypostasis, upon which you stand, all right, we stand upon. There's a foundation, there's a sub, okay? There's, there's a below foundation that we're standing upon. And, and this word substance, that's why it's a great definition. Stance is how we stand. Just like Lola, by faith or not, or because she had to, was led into the batter's box. I said, I'll walk all the way up 
there to, with you from the batter's circle, the warm-up circle, all the way to the batter's box, but I can't stand with you in the batter's box. That's you. You have to stand in the batter's box. And if you need to take a break, just stop and look back and we'll be right there, mija. And she did that. And she hit the ball by faith. You think she knew she was going to hit the ball? No way! She just was hoping to swing three times and go back to the dugout and be held, put a jacket on and go home. She said, can the game be over already, Daddy? <laughs> but she had to, we had to put her feet on solid ground. We had, to, we had to set her up so that she would have success. Her first two swings, she was turning, she was turning sideways. Sometimes in the faith, we have to come back to establishing our feet back on solid ground, solid foundation, a substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the things that, that God has allowed you to stand upon while you're hoping for it. That's crazy. That's why it's a mystery. But that's faith. God blesses you. God credits, credits it unto you. As righteousness, when you trust God, even though you've not yet seen or experienced or yet know. And that's what our faith in Christ Jesus is. How many of you ever saw Jesus in the flesh? Nobody. Nobody has been living for the last 2,000 years, last time I checked. None of us. We are trusting in God by faith. We're trusting in the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. We're trusting in what the word of God has said about God and has said about Jesus himself so that we would be able to form and build our faith and begin to walk with Jesus in life's journey. You know, life sometimes can be really, really discouraging. Sometimes as parents, our children don't serve the Lord Jesus the way we did or the way we do. But by faith, you keep trusting and believing in God that, that the Lord will bring them back to him. Amen? By faith, you still got to pull up to the gas station and fill up your tank with $6 a gallon. Yesterday, I dropped off Judah at Sky Zone in Cerritos. And that place needs more security, man. That place was packed. It was 20 minutes there, 20 minutes home, and then come back and pick them up at 10 o'clock. 20 minutes there and 20 minutes back. And when it, when it was time for me to leave my house at 7.30 and it was cold and windy, I was like, I just got up. All right, let's go, Judah. Got there. I was leaving Sky Zone. I called home. I said, baby, I don't want to spend any more gas. I don't want to. I'm going to find a place over here. I'm just going to hunker down. It's too expensive. But by faith, I still have to get into that car. And God will provide. By faith, we, the body of Christ, the church, are going to be faithful unto God. By faith, the Lord will continue to call the remnant 
of the believers from all around the world to come back and press in and to be a part of God's redemption plan for the lost or the wandering. You know the difference between wander, wandering and being lost, right? We have a young brother in Christ who says, Pastor, for a long time, I wasn't lost, I was wandering. Lost means, he, he said, he broke it down, he said, lost means, and when somebody go, is, finds himself in a place and they don't know where to go, they don't know how to get back, he goes, Pastor, I was just wandering. Because I always knew where to go and I always knew how to get back. I was just disobedient and stubborn until God got a hold of my life recently. I said, praise God, you're no longer a spiritual wanderer. And you're no longer spiritual, spiritually homeless, but you have a home right here. And God's going to build your, your foundation in Christ if you remain faithful. That's the beauty of God. He is a, he's a good God. He's a patient God. He is a, a, a merciful God. Amen? The faith of old. So we see faith is the substance. Faith is the stuff that we stand upon. Faith is the stuff that God is calling us to. Because life throws you a whole bunch of curveballs. We got people who just lost loved ones in our congregation today. I know because as the pastor, people reach out and ask for prayer. We got several families that have just recently lost loved ones for various reasons. When we deal with loss, sometimes we're devastated. Sometimes families get broken up because we got people that are dealing still with illness of different kinds. Sometimes we could, we could get confused. We can get discouraged in the faith when we say when God is not healing on our time and God is not doing what we want the way we want it. Sometimes we can become desperate in the faith, but God wants to encourage you if you're going through that season of your life and that storm where you're having to be patient and you're having to trust God with your prayers and your requests and your faith. And guess what? The body of Christ is here to love you, to comfort you, to press in, to bring you in, to help you walk and to not let go. God is still faithful. And he's still a good God in spite of our challenges. Thank you, Jesus. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. I want to talk just for a moment about the things that sometimes... create obstacles in our faith. Obstacles in our faith. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. The author to the Hebrews here in chapter 2, verse 1, is cautioning people from drifting away. You guys, the very definition of drift away it's not a sudden thing is it what does it mean to drift it's a slow and gradual process of moving away may the lord help us if we find ourselves in the process of slowly and gradually drifting away from jesus from god from the body of Christ, from church. 
May we recognize that and the Holy Spirit bring that to our attention so that we can nip that in the bud and say, I I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to, to harden my heart. I see the thoughts you're trying to place in my head. I see the seeds of 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 bitterness and resentment that you're trying to place in my heart, even to the point of speaking things into existence. But I I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to discipline myself in my heart. And I'm going to press into God. I'm going to throw myself on my knees. I'm not going to get on my knees. I'm going to throw myself on my knees right now. And I'm going to begin to cry out to God. When I don't even want to read the Bible. When I don't want to even, I don't want to see anything talking about God. I'm going to turn on the radio. I'm going to listen to a sermon. And I'm going to open the word of God even though I don't want to right now. Because I'm mad at God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church even though I don't want to go to church today. I'm going to come up with all kinds of reasons and excuses why I'm not going to come to church. I'm going to go to church anyway. I'm not going to be spiritually lazy. I'm not going to be complacent in my faith or lethargic in my faith. There's a gradual and and a slow drift away that some believers start to experience. And don't let let an event, don't let a, a tragedy or something take place that will just, boom, break the chasm. Don't let a big, huge wave come and just push your tiny little side boat far, far away from the main vessel. It's hard to get back. Stay pressed in. Gotta get that rope. We gotta tie that rope firmly to Jesus, who is our ark, he is our boat. Stronger than them tankers that tipped over in the middle of the ocean where all them 4,000 cars were lost. Y'all read about that? People are like, oh man, I'm gonna go scuba diving. I'm gonna get one of them Lexuses. Good luck. Look what it says in chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. Somebody say all over again. You need milk, not solid food. He's actually exhorting them. He's saying, man, look, you've reverted back. You've gone back to milk. He's just spelling it out. He says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So if we keep growing in the faith and we don't allow the distractions and the doubt and the confusion and the depression and the the hurt and the devastation and all these kinds of things get in the way, what happens is you continue to get strengthened in the faith. And as you get strong in the faith, you're able to resist the temptations of the enemy. You're able to have the wisdom to know between good and evil. You're able to see the enemy when he's coming from afar and say, stay over there, my man. You got no business over here. (laughs) 
thoughts of condemnation towards yourself because of your past. Stay over there. You don't belong over here. I'm going this way. <laughs> Praise God. The flesh is something, isn't it? That's why the Lord gave us his spirit to overcome the flesh, overcome those thoughts. God wants us to be strong. He wants us to be mature. He wants us to be rooted, established, <clears throat> solid Christians. Not fair weather fans. Not fair weather Christians. Not only when I feel like it kind of faith. But uh, even when I don't feel like it kind of faith, that will get you to that little moment. Because most of the times, it's, it's little moments. But it, it depends on what you do with the moment that can have the, the biggest impact. Most of the time, it's not huge, huge, long periods of time that we're dealing with struggles or things. It's mostly, it's moments. But if you don't deal with the moment properly, then the moment will learn to manage you. The moment will have its way with you and you, and you now become the tail and not the head. But God wants you to master the moment of temptation, the moment of trial, the moment of truth. Can I hear an amen? Master the moment of truth. Let your adversity, let your challenge, let your problem, let your situation become a moment of truth for you. Let it be a reminder of who you are and who God has made you to be and the substance of what he has given to you and what he has placed in you help you to overcome that moment so you could keep on moving and growing in your maturity with Christ. But you can't ever get to that maturity and that growth and that place with Christ if at every moment in our lives we bail. No, God wants us to win. The winds or the experiences of life are sifted. The substance is what falls and the chaff is blown away. Let the only thing that gets blown away in your life be sin. Let the only thing that gets blown away in your life is doubt. Let the only thing that gets blown away in your life be what does not belong in the life of a believer. Let's see what it says in chapter 10, verse 23. As I read this verse, I want to ask the worship team to come, at, come out here and join me as we prepare for communion. Chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly, somebody say don't swerve, to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. Somebody say meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing. 
Somebody say word. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of God is calling us into a commitment. Into a devotion. Into a faithfulness. A faithfulness to God. A faithfulness to his people. A faithfulness to his mission. A faithfulness to his work. A faithfulness to faith in Jesus. He's calling us to be faithful. There's something to be said about the faithful. There's something to be said about those who persevere in the faith. They're the ones that God can build upon. But the ones who are not faithful cannot be built upon. Because the faith of old that we're growing in and learning about and reading about in Scripture is found in the Word, the Word of God. But when you and I are not present in the body, it means we cannot be a part of the story of the Word that keeps getting built year in and year out. We're a part of the body of Christ and we are and will be one day the faith of old if we remain faithful. Yeah, God's still in control. God is in control. But he's bringing us to a greater level of commitment and faithfulness with him. It begins with putting our faith squarely upon Jesus to forgive to forgive those that have hurt us in the past to forgive those that we need to forgive God says start with Jesus and watch his life and he'll help you God will help us in the faith when it comes to trusting learning growing Is the Lord wants us to start with faith, grow in faith, build the faith, and hold on to faith. 2,000 years in the making, the body of Christ. The body of Christ is built on a foundation of our fathers of ancient faith. So that's why we call it a Judeo-Christian faith. It's a Christian faith that's built on Jewish men and women that God established a relationship with and a covenant through Abraham promised a Messiah, a Savior through them who was Jesus himself. And that's why we put our trust in Jesus because he fulfilled all the promises of God. Jesus was the one that, that the ancients of old spoke about and were telling us about. And that's why we trusted in Jesus. Not just because he was a good man. There's a lot of good people in this, in this place right here. That's not why we serve Jesus, we worship Jesus, why we praise Jesus, why we believe in Jesus and believe that he is God and that God exists. No, it's because Jesus became sin. He knew no sin. 
for the purposes of you and I becoming the righteousness of God. Jesus died, the Bible says, and he rose again. Jesus rose again. Jesus rose from the dead and he overcame sin. He paid the price. He paid the penalty for you and for me for everything we've ever done. We're going to do this right now. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. As we right now lay this foundation upon Jesus, upon Christ, I don't know where you are in your walk with Jesus right now. Maybe you're just beginning your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're along your faith journey. I don't know if God is calling you to another level of commitment or what that commitment looks like, but I pray that you build it upon Jesus and his word. Build it upon the word of God. Build it upon the word of God, church.